0: welcome to the scatterbrain podcast archive this is archive number five episode 14 titled panspermia enjoy i'm kind of surprised how how really not well known this whole theory is i was talking about it at work a few days ago and a couple of the women were looking at me like what the hell is he talking about and then I was like, "Wait a minute, you don't you don't know what that means?" No, I never heard the I never heard the word before, and and I was just like stunned. I'm like, "Are you serious?" Because it seems like such a such a obvious not maybe not obvious but um it seems like such a really uh, a really solid theory. You would think more people would would know about it at least you know at least on the periphery. I don't know. Um, but,
1: it's not one of those things that's so particularly exciting. People want to hear about. Oh, I think um, it is. Oh, I I do, don't think. Well if you don't if think you, along these lines when really yeah. if, that's start, sort of if like you start the logical way. That's the logical way that it would have happened. Right. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. And if you start throwing religion in and, and personal beliefs, things like that, then it gets all it gets before all we get,
1: before we get too into it, why don't you could you have a definition you can give just in case someone doesn't know what well, – it? Is. It's
0: a, it's a hypothesis that life exists throughout the universe. Um it's distributed by space dust, meteoroids, asteroids, comets, planetoids smashing into each other. Um, even like spacecraft carrying unintended contamination, of, you know, by my, microorganisms, you know, like when we send our probes to Mars, they make, they try and make sure that those, those landers and everything are as, as clean as possible. Cause we don't want to like contaminate Mars. You know what I mean? Sure. I'd so be. that would be a form of panspermia too, is if, you know, we planted our own bacteria on the, on the planet. Um, yeah. uh, distribution may have occurred spanning galaxies uh, not so much just restricted, to the limited scale of a solar system, like our solar system, but everywhere, and it proposes that, that microscopic life forms can survive the effects of space. Um, like y- you've seen those little extremophiles, those little uh, tartar bears, or what are they called? Yes. Tartar Tardigra- yes. graves, That's what they are. Yeah. Um, and I guess they've survived in space for you know for a long time. On the, um, they put them outside of the space station, and then brought them back and examined them. There's, they were like, they were still alive. I think they were um, in some sort of suspended animation, but they were still alive. Um, But it can become like things can become trapped in debris, ejected into space right after collisions between planets, solar system bodies that harbor life um, under certain ideal impact circumstances, like into a body of water, for example, the ideal conditions uh, on on a new planet's surfaces. It's possible that the organisms could become active and, uh, you know, start colonizing their new environment. Um, There was a report that found a type of uh, bacteria was in I think was found in Morocco. And it, it could be, it could survive being heated to up to 788 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which makes the argument for panspermia a lot more um, credible. You know, uh, not not on how life began, but on methods that may distribute it in the universe. Does it make sense? And just
1: the hardiness of life. I mean, we talked about it before. Those those uh, I think they're worms of some sort. Those worm shrimp. I think maybe, actually maybe they're shrimp. As you call them, extremophiles, and they live down at the bottom of the ocean, right by the heat vents. I we're talk- yeah,
0: I think you're talking I mean, about that.
1: Though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, life is hardy. I mean, you could you can look at those examples and see it. And if you think about that, it's just that's just one example. Those are just a couple examples here. Right. Not to mention the vastness of everything.
0: There's um there, there's also something called pseudo panspermia or molecular panspermia, and that is a you know prebiotic organic building blocks uh, of life originated in space. They became incorporated in the solar nebula, you know, um, yes, you know, from where p- plants condense, and uh, they're continuously distributed to planetary surfaces where life then emerges. Or, or I think it's called abi- abiogenesis or abi- abiogenesis abiogenesis maybe. And um yeah, so that's another form of panspermia. Right or another a theory about it. Um, the chemistry leading to life may have begun shortly after the Big Bang, according to, to theorists and scientists. 13.8 billion years ago, uh, during a, habit- a habitable time when the universe was only like 10. I think it says 10 to it's a 10 to 17 million years old. Um, presence of life is confirmed only on Earth, of course, uh, but some scientists think that it, you know extraterrestrial life is not only not only uh, plausible, but it's inevitable, really. It goes back to that whole, you know, mathematically speaking, how can there not be life everywhere, really?
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's um, – yeah, and you kind of touched on it. That was one thing I wanted to say was that possibly, you know, that there could be life itself coming right. from impacts and projected, you know, uh, or it could be, as you said as well, the, the just the material for it, just the carbon, just whatever it is that – all these things that are necessary and, and, and them then not only – the chance that these bodies of ice and whatever else are that are so on these very large scales happen to hit each other. But then, yeah, that those, some of those particular pieces happen to land in water or whatever it was. I mean, these percentages are just so minuscule, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and if you, if, again, it just comes to it. Like if they're so minuscule, but yet the scale of everything is so big, it would be mathematically plausible that that would happen. Do you think that? What, what do you think? Because to me, I think it's sort of both that the materials were here that made it optimal, and that was a result of what did you call it? A a biogenesis.
0: A, 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 bi- a biogenesis or abiogenesis? I'm not. I'm not sure how to, how to pronounce yeah. it. A b a b i genesis. So yeah, like oh A-B-I-O-C-A, yeah. A-B-I-O-genesis, yeah.
1: A biogenesis yeah. so so without, yeah. without part of that has to be true, and if nothing else, only in, to make the conditions prime for whatever else would land here from some other process right whether it was ice that contained microbes or whatever it is right they have those microbes have to land somewhere because I, I would all all but guarantee that same type of material landed somewhere else and it never took off right there has right. to be these these ideal conditions so right. what do you think um because i mean ultimately it's a matter of interest and it's a matter of scientific pursuit but then i think we people for me anyways i try to tie it into something directly to me which is how did life get here and there's well, a it, it,
0: it had to start somewhere. I mean, I don't know how it would have just just like randomly like started on its own without some sort of outside help in some way. I don't know how that would even how that would even happen. I mean, maybe I mean maybe it could. I don't know. But it seems to me that's the most logical the, the most logical way that life could just spread around the the galaxy and throughout the universe. You know, it'd take a lot of time, but why, why wouldn't that be a that just seems like the most logical answer to a lot of questions. You know, doesn't it?
1: Well, I think there's some very smart people that buy into it. Yeah. And uh, I, I know Stephen, Stephen Hawking was one that believed in that type of thing. Um, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson to a degree does, but I think he, uh, yeah. if I had to ask him, would lean towards yeah. more of the abiogenesis version of the molecular uh, compo- or the compo- whatever required components they are that just happen to be here as a result of the uh release of energy and and matter from the sun right i mean those are releasing stuff constantly i think that's what i remember reading in his book that i mentioned before yeah um so so i think it's like a almost like the nature versus nurture thing it's kind of like a combination of both materials have to be here as well as something getting here probably from somewhere else to tip the scale right right? because there's a lot of these planets that they call what do you call you call them goldilocks goldilocks
0: the, the gold the goldilocks zone
1: yeah, and there's going to be those, and of those, there's going to be ones that don't have life for whatever reason. I'm sure, right. right? Or maybe not. Or maybe life is so virulent that we'll find a way, no matter what. But
0: well, sooner, sooner or later, if, if humans survive past you know this this time or you know another few thousand years, even uh, you know it, it's not it's not out of the question that we're already ex- exploring planets in our own solar system. They're already trying to think of ways to go faster to get to other. To other solar systems and and you know check out those planets why wouldn't any et you know out there want to do the same why wouldn't they be curious as well the the best argument i've heard for um et's not having visited earth um is is inner space like maybe they've developed their their technology so they're so advanced that they just they just go virtual reality and they can go and do whatever they want and never have to leave their own planet and I thought oh, that's actually a really good argument for them never leaving their own planet and checking others other planets out, you know. But um the way we do it, why wouldn't they do it? And then in a thousand years or two thousand years, if if we're able to get to the next solar system, we're gonna do it, right? And we're gonna go see if that planet has has life on it. What happens if our what happens if we crash on that planet? Then we've inadvertently spread some of our organisms onto onto another planet that could end up like sprouting what we left there. Exactly. That's that's another form of panspermia.